Your brain needs support, and new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L theanine, and caffeine, Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Hello, lovely listeners. Before we get to the episode, we want to take a moment to address the June 24th, 2022 Supreme Court decision to overturn Roe v. Wade. This decision stripped away the right to have a safe and legal abortion. Everyone should have the freedom to decide what's best for themselves and for their families, including when it comes to ending a pregnancy. This decision has dire consequences for individual health and safety and could have harsh repercussions for other landmark decisions. Restricting access to comprehensive reproductive care, including abortion, threatens the health and independence of all. Learn more by visiting choice.crd.co. That's choice.crd.co. If you're able to support others, please consider donating to abortion funds. We encourage you to speak up, take care, and spread the word. We are. We are. We are cultivate. 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 We are cultivate. tuning in to Weird Distractions Podcast, a weekly podcast where I, Alex, rotate between true crime, conspiracy theories, paranormal stories, folklore, a little bit of this and a little bit of that to provide you, and more than likely what your psychiatrist would consider a weird distraction from everyday life. This week we are back talking all things paranormal, but before we dive into the actual story, the location, the haunts, the history, and all of that fun stuff, I need to tell you what I need a distraction from, and unfortunately, Unfortunately, this week I don't have a listener distraction. However, if you are wanting to submit your need for a distraction to me, you can send me a DM or shoot me an email at weirddistractionspodcast at outlook.com. Now, my need for distraction this week is the fact that it's freaking July already. I mean, is anyone else just paying attention to how fast this year is flying by? It's insane. What is happening? What It, it might as well be 2023 already, honestly. No, I'm kidding. But seriously, it's already July. It is feeling like the world is just spinning a little too fast and time is just going by really, really fast. So my need for distraction is just feeling like, you know, Time is moving too fast, but hey, maybe that's a good thing in the sense of maybe better things are on the horizon. Speaking of things on the horizon, I completely forgot that I actually have some housekeeping. So as a reminder, there is going to be a new weird spam episode coming out on July 15th for those at the Here for the Weird tier over on Patreon. And for the month of July, I have a fellow Canadian as a guest host for that episode. So you won't want to miss it. Once again, it's for the Here for the Weird tier Patreons, aka the five USD a month patrons. Go check it out. Find us over on Patreon. You won't want to miss this episode. It is, it's pretty funny. I'm not going to lie. It's, it's a good one. And for those who have no idea what weird spam is, basically myself along with a guest read all of the weird junk mail or, you know, spam emails that we receive. We make fun of them. We laugh. We love. We just have a good old time. So once again, $5 a 
$5 USD a month over on patreon.com slash weird distractions podcast. Now that that's out of the way, let's get into this week's spooky spooky paranormal story. So it's summertime in Ontario, Canada, aka where I live. And summertime to me is meant for vacations. And when I think of vacations, my mind typically wanders to thinking about hotels or places to stay. Not every vacation I go has to have a hotel or really involves a hotel, but a a girl can dream. And because of all this daydreaming I've been doing lately about, you know, taking vacations and just, you know, getting out of Ontario, I decided to discuss a haunted hotel in a state I think I might want to visit someday. So this hotel is the St. James Hotel located at 617 Collison Avenue in Cimarron, New Mexico, New United States. We'll discuss the history, the haunts, and of course do an occult observation section to discuss the reviews of this place. As always, due to potential adult themes, coarse language, graphic depictions of death, discussions of suicide, and more, listener discretion is advised. First things first, let's cover the history. So the St. James Hotel was originally built within the Santa Fe Trail in 1872 by Henry Lambert. Fun fact about Henry, whose name is spelt with an I, not a Y. That's also another fun fact within a fun fact. But the main fun fact is that supposedly he was once President Lincoln's personal chef. Henry's title, as far as from what I gathered, was a Fifth Army Corpse cook. However, when Lincoln was assassinated, Henry decided it was time for a career change. According to reports, the building that Henry built was initially called Lambert's Inn, where it would act as the local saloon and a restaurant. Originally, the building boasted 43 bedrooms, and became a local meetup for folks to grab a bite to eat, have a drink, and, well, let loose. Although Henry had perhaps assumed he was leaving his old life of violence behind after Lincoln's murder, he would actually become more involved with bloodshed and tragedy with this new location. See, when the building was kind of open to the public, it was around the time where many folks had little respect for the law. So a lot of things kind of just happened without, you know, anyone really giving a shit what the consequences were. Similar to how the Supreme Court in the United States decided to overturn Roe versus Wade without any idea of what kind of consequences it was going to cause. You know, that part. Nonetheless, consider the time of Lambert's Inn opening sort of like the Wild West and, you know, everyone's life was kind of fair game depending on how much they pissed you off. So basically, if you walked into this place and you you started, I don't know, harassing somebody and you pissed them off just enough you're gone. Like that's, that's basically how this was handled. Infamous folks of this era, such as Jesse James, Wyatt Earp, and Annie Oakley, allegedly checked in and out of the hotel. Across many of the resources I witnessed, there has been alleged total of 26 murders within the walls of this building. With the mention of death, I'm going to mention some of the people that have been identified having their final breaths at the Lambert Inn, aka the St. James Hotel. According to the Only in Your State article by Julia 
Juliet White, one of the folks who had their final moments within the hotel is that of Thomas James Wright. There have been reports that Thomas was supposedly shot in the back, allegedly by Henry Lambert after winning the deed to the hotel in a bet. Once shot, Thomas reportedly dragged himself into the room he was staying in, where he would eventually succumb to his bullet wound. The room he was staying in was supposedly room 18, which keep in mind when we get into the reported haunts as it will come up again. Another death on site was that of 40-year-old David J. Abel. According to the Albuquerque Journal article from March 13th of 1905, David had died by suicide at the St. Jane's Hotel. Accounts claim that David had checked into the hotel on a Saturday in good spirits and did not present to hotel staff to be intoxicated when they saw him. Further, when David was discovered deceased within the room, it appeared as though the room itself was tidy despite David reportedly dying by slitting his own throat. David, from what I gathered, was reportedly the head of a company called Mayor's Abel, which dealt with wholesale liquor. It's unclear why David may have ended his life, as there appears to be no concerns leading up to his death that he may have been experiencing an internal struggle. However, as some of us may know when it comes to suicide, sometimes there aren't any signs or known reasons leading up to someone's death. Other deaths on site that I was able to confirm include three unknown victims who crossed paths in 1876 with a descendant of Davy Crockett. For those who have never heard of the OG Davy Crockett, according to the history website, he was reportedly a frontiersman, a soldier, a politician, a congressman, and a prolific storyteller. Kind of a jack of all trades, if you will. The relative of the frontiersman, Davy Crockett, they both have the same name, I know, it's confusing, was often referred to as the outlaw Davy Crockett. That way, you know, you could, I guess, somehow separate the two and not get as confused. Nonetheless, outlaw Davy Crockett never served time for the murders done at the St. James Hotel. In a direct quote from his Wikipedia page, ultimately, Crockett was acquitted because he was drunk and therefore unable to control himself. He was also fined $50 for carrying a gun in town, end quote. Even though I've only mentioned about five deaths, as mentioned, some suspect that the total number of those that died within the walls of the St. James Hotel is actually up to 26. I wasn't able to figure out the other ones. I did see that supposedly one of Henry's wives named Mary may have died in the hotel. However, I can't verify that for certain. However, please remember Mary for once again later on the episode because she does make another appearance later on. Regardless of the fine details, the traces of the former violence and bloodshed stayed around the hotel long after it all stopped. And by traces, I'm referring to actual bullet holes. In a direct quote from the Legends of America website, quote, when Henry Lambert's sons, Fred and Jean, replaced the roof of the Lambert Inn in 1901, they found more than 400 bullet holes in the ceiling above the bar. A double layer of heavy wood prevented anyone from sleeping upstairs from being killed. Today, the ceiling of the dining room still holds around 22 bullet holes, end quote. Henry Lambert and his family eventually passed on and the building would change ownership throughout the decades. Eventually, as some may have guessed it, it also switched names from the Lambert Inn to the St. James Hotel. From my understanding, the current owners have been in possession since 1985 and have done numerous renovations and restorations. For those wanting to visit now, you can either stay in perhaps one of the historic 13 rooms that are dressed in 19th century fixings or perhaps even visit the Lambert's restaurant. There's also an anime 
annex on site that has an additional 10 rooms. And from what I gathered, the St. James Hotel is one of the main employers of the town, meaning it's kind of a big deal economically speaking, not just spooky wise. However, now that we've discussed the history, let's get into some occult observations, then finally discuss the reported haunts. For those new listening to Weird Distractions, maybe this is your first time. Hi, hello, how are you? What took you so long? Glad you're here. But Occult Observations is a little segment I like to do whenever discussing a specific location. It allows for us to chat about the location reviews, the good, the bad, and the downright weird. I usually like to start off with a negative review so that we can end on a positive note. So our first negative review is from user Haunted Portals Vicky Medium, and this is back in 20. 20. This person left one out of five stars and their review reads as the following. The hotel is haunted, but not in the way you think. No ghost activity, but we got EVPs. You have to be sensitive to spirit to get the experience. I am a medium, so we got the experience. We got the spirits of Jesse James, Billy the Kid, Annie Oakley, and Buffalo Bill, but they did not do any physical things. Just talk to us. We just stayed there. The owner needs to update the bathrooms. You can still keep the integrity of the history of the hotel without sacrificing modernizing the bathrooms. We stayed in room 23, the only room that would accommodate a family of three. I hated the old-fashioned tub. We did not use it. The owner needs to update that tub to a shower. They had two twin beds and a full-size bed. I not slept in a twin bed since I was young. Ugh. Our son took the bigger bed. Jason, my partner, took 10 to 15 minutes trying to find the room. Another family apparently also had trouble finding their room as well. They kept rattling our door, thinking that it was their room. It was not. The owner needs to put in an elevator for us older folks. I am 60. The railing was rickety and the stairs were steep. The owner needs to make the rooms larger to accommodate bigger families. Otherwise, bigger families cannot stay there. The owner needs to put in skits, have seances, have other activities associated with the haunted factor. If she is promoting the haunted factor, she needs to retrain the office staff. The short-haired blonde woman with the glasses was rude to us. Me, I am Chinese. I stick out like a sore thumb in small towns like this. She was only nice to Jason when he was paying the bill. And because he's Caucasian. If you want to make your hotel more profitable, you need to change things. I did not realize at the time that I had gotten Billy the Kid's spirit to come forward. And Jesse James, Annie Oakley, and Buffalo Bill. I am a medium. If you're not sensitive to spirit, you will get no haunted activity. There are no apparitions walking around. You cannot feel them. You cannot see them unless you are a medium. To go there expecting things to happen is unrealistic if you are not a medium. Nothing physical happened when we were there. The staff needs to help visitors find their rooms. The owner needs to take away the shared bathrooms and make every room have their own bathrooms. We will not go there again. The locals stared at me when I walked in. Made me self-conscious. End of review. That was a roller coaster. And first and foremost, I do want to say, obviously, I don't think it's great that this person obviously was made to feel uncomfortable, whether it's because of their ethnicity or whatever reason it was, but that's not cool. Um, the other things, though... Yeah, that's, that's a lot. Lots of uh, various things going on. By the way, I don't know if anyone caught this, but this person is a medium. And if you're not a medium, apparently you won't get any kind of paranormal activity, which I am going to say probably not the case, 
given what we're going to get into with the reported haunts, but hey, what do I know? I'm just a millennial with a microphone. Now, the last negative review is from user Isaac Ivins, and this took place about five years ago. They left a one out of five star rating, and their review reads the following. Bad mashed potatoes. End of review. (laughs) That was my favorite one because they also put little potato emoji. And I mean, hey, not everyone can make bomb ass potatoes. So maybe just don't order potatoes at this location. Now to kind of shift gears, let's talk about some of the positive reviews. Our first positive review is from user Stacy Roberts and it was back in May of 2022. Stacy left five to five stars. Their review reads, This hotel has a distinct atmosphere. The food is delicious. The rooms are authentic Southwestern vibe and cool. The view and the drive is beautiful. Most of all, it is an authentic haunted hotel. From the second you walk in the door, you can feel the hairs on your arms and neck stand up. You can go to the room where the outlaws had a real shootout and you can feel the rebel outlaw spirit in the air. My grandparents, Tom and Betty Roberts, used to take me here all the time when I was little and it's still a favorite on my road trips. If you are headed to New Mexico, you need to stop here, especially if you're a skeptic. This stop will make you a believer. End of review. I love that this person's grandparents used to take them here. That's so cool. I wish my grandparents took me to haunted places. They just took me to McDonald's and that's why now I have a crippling McDonald's problem. Anyways, our final positive review for Occult Observations is by user Darla Knepper Flickinger. This was left back in August of 2021 and Darla left five out of five stars. Their review reads, if you are an old gunslinger fan, this place is incredible. The rooms are marked with plaques indicating the famous cowboys that stayed there with stories of their visits. The food was wonderful, but best of all, there are ghosts. End of review. Enough with the reviews and brief mentions of ghosts. Let's discuss the reported haunts at the St. James Hotel. Given the hotel's history in being home to many deaths, those known and those not publicly documented, it may come to no surprise that this place has had its fair share of reported paranormal activity. It may also come to no surprise that many paranormal investigators have conducted, well, investigations at this location. One of those investigation teams is a well-known one to weird distractions, being that of the Ghost Adventures crew. That's right, our dudes with the acid wash jeans and absolutely awful taunting habits reportedly visited this location back in their 11th season. What I'm going to do is explain what paranormal experiences they had and then list off the other reported phenomena that I found during my research. So those that watch Ghost Adventures know that usually they start off their episode with doing interviews and research before they actually dive into to the investigation. So during an interview with a housekeeper by the name of Jennifer Hamby, she shared her experiencing a tall shadow figure on the second floor of the St. James Hotel. Jennifer reportedly looked away for a second and when she returned her glaze, the figure was gone. But the creepiness for her doesn't end there. Supposedly, Jennifer then watched the black shadow figure walk into one of the restrooms in which it walked out without washing its hands. No, I'm kidding. It, it, that, that didn't happen. I mean, maybe, do ghosts wash their hands? 
Comment on this episode wherever you find the post and let me know what you think. I I would like to think that hand washing still happens in the afterlife, but maybe that's just me. Another employee, Angelo Ledoux, a cook at the hotel, reported in this show's interview that he was physically assaulted while working one day, and the assault wasn't because of the taxes taken off his paycheck. He explained how he was randomly scratched with three scratch marks down his back. Now, for those that listen to Weird Distractions and perhaps watch Ghost Adventures know that the number three is a very ominous one in the paranormal world. Some believe that when something happens in threes, it's kind of like mocking or taunting the Holy Trinity by a demon or some kind of negative force. Needless to say, not what you want to experience while trying to make mashed potatoes. Other paranormal investigators by the names of Gary Reynolds and Jan Wessel, who were interviewed in the Ghost Adventures episode, shared a story of possession. According to Gary and Jan, there was a situation where they were joined by another woman and her husband to investigate the St. James Hotel. Allegedly, this other woman used provocation and later was seen to be possessed by some kind of male entity. The woman supposedly became more abrasive and just began to not act like her usual self. Now, before anyone starts getting their Judge Judy robes on, we weren't there, we don't know what went down, but I do think if this story is legit, it just shows that if you're gonna talk shit, you're gonna get possessed while at the St. James Hotel. So basically, don't go around yelling at the ghosts. Before the investigative lockdown even begins, the Ghost Adventures crew experiences some weird shit. The crew and the viewers witness a chandelier swaying on its own, as if Sia was there in the flesh, swaying from it herself. The chandelier, weirdly enough, was in front of room 18, aka the room where Thomas Wright supposedly died in. See, I told you, we were gonna get back to room 18. Throughout the investigation, the crew gathers further evidence, such as EVPs of voices saying, things like, thank you, I'm dead, and smoke, a random ball of light that appeared out of a headboard and then kind of went in a zigzag pattern before disappearing completely, and finally, they heard and captured disembodied noises of footsteps, almost as if someone was wearing boots and walking around, although nobody was. Other reported paranormal activity seems to include things that may lead one to believe there's a poltergeist involved at the St. James Hotel. As listeners may recall from other paranormal episodes, such as the Black Monk House or the Enfield Haunting, a poltergeist is a paranormal entity that is known to make noise and move items. Basically, it's a noisy ghost. That's what the German translation of poltergeist means. At the St. James Hotel, there have been accounts of items falling off the walls and shelves, along with random items, such as TV remotes, being tossed or thrown on their own. Which makes me wonder if maybe, just maybe, we're dealing with a poltergeist. In room 17, there have been supposed reports of visitors seeing an apparition that resembles Henry Lambert's wife, Mary. See? It all circles back. Even though I can't confirm that she actually did die at the hotel, there seems to be a consensus that visitors think Mary's ghost haunts the grounds. Paranormal accounts associated to Mary include guests smelling what seems to be a rose-scented perfume. And I'm not sure if perhaps that was maybe her go-to scent or what, but supposedly if you smell this kind of rose-scented perfume around the St. James Hotel, then Mary is around. On the flip side, another room we 
need to kind of circle back to and discuss is Room 18. In a direct quote from the Haunted Rooms America website, quote, Room 18 of the hotel is kept locked at all times because it is said to be home of Thomas James Wright. A former owner has reported seeing a ball of orange light floating in the room. The room is said to only contain a rocking chair, a coat rack, and a bed frame without a mattress, end quote. Other accounts claim that those that did stay in room 18 previous to it being locked up would become extremely ill for no reason and with no explanation. People walking by room 18 have reportedly noticed the padlock of the door swinging for up to 20 minutes with no explanation. When folks have tried to debunk this or kind of give some kind of logical explanation, they realize when they move the padlock physically, it may swing back and forth for a few seconds, but then it stops. So needless to say, it shouldn't be swinging for up to 20 minutes on its own. Hopefully no one listening was dead set on booking room 18 anytime soon. As mentioned, it is locked up. And I think that is because, you know, the hotel doesn't want anyone booking the room and then getting sick. Other paranormal accounts at the St. James Hotel include visitors and staff randomly smelling cigar smoke even when there is no one smoking. A cowboy apparition was reportedly seen standing behind the mirror on the bar's front area. One former owner claims to have been pushed down the stairs by an unseen force. A small presenting male spirit has been seen around the hotel, which has been connected to items going missing. Cold spots have also been reported by visitors and staff, and people have claimed to feel as though they're being watched by someone not physically there. Lastly, there have been reports of random noises, such as footsteps or just general movement, along with disembodied screams have also been experienced by staff and visitors. Now, to summarize this week's weird distraction, to me, the St. James Hotel seems to have kind of two reputations. One for being a beautiful historical hotel, almost as if it was in a time capsule. The second reputation is for being haunted, which we've just chatted about. Both reputations seem to be represented by the hotel to this day with pride, even based off their website where they acknowledge the paranormal phenomena. If there's one thing that paranormal enthusiasts might agree upon, it's that when a location has had a long-standing history involving any kind of bloodshed, along with people coming in and out, there is bound to be some kind of energy held within that location. I personally believe that certain locations, maybe more than others, can hold on to that energy that people bring and leave in a space and therefore manifest into some kind of paranormal activity. Think of this like adding a file to a memory stick. Someone brings in a negative energy or maybe a negative file and some locations or memory sticks hold on to that energy. And I think I think this energy sticks even more when it involves something as extreme or impactful like death. Whether the death toll is more or less than 26, the known stories make it seem like the hotel has definitely seen its fair share of energy that remains from when the hotel opened 150 years ago. I may just be talking out of my ass with this whole energy aspect of this, but the more I explore haunted locations around the world, the more I am curious as to why these places are active with paranormal phenomena. And just as a little tidbit, if you're tuning in and you've been to the St. James Hotel, email me and tell me about your experience. I want to hear from you. And hey, let me know if you'd recommend this place to stay. Once again, maybe this is a location I might want to book to go visit in the future. You never know. 
If you've enjoyed today's Weird Distractions episode, please consider telling your friends, family, coworkers, or anyone else who will listen about the show. You can tell them to find the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Good Pods, Google Podcasts, Podchaser, and many more. If you're streaming the show on Apple Podcasts or Good Pods, please consider leaving a five-star rating and review. This helps the show out for free by letting others know that it's worth listening to. Another way to support the show for free and to never miss an update is to follow along on the show's various social media accounts. You can find me on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. My handle is at WeirdDistractI1 and TikTok. If you want to financially support the show and get yourself a little something extra each month, why not join one of the two tiers over on Patreon? Each month you get exclusive content such as bonus episodes and series, the Weird Destinations travel posts, plus early access to the regular feed episodes. You can find out which tier is best suited for you by going to patreon.com slash Podcast. Shout out to my current patrons, aka my weird little family members, Tom, Bailey, Angela, John, Alicia, Lynn, Sissy, Shadow, Courtney, and Cheryl. I love you all and appreciate your ongoing support of Weird Distractions. If you're unable to support the show on a monthly basis, but still want to support it maybe as a one-time donation, check out the show's merch over on Redbubble or sign up for a one-time donation over on Buy Me a Coffee. Lastly, I want to hear from you. As some longtime listeners may recall, Christy and I released two listener story-based episodes called Listener Distractions. I'd love to keep doing this series and hear all of your weird tales of ghostly encounters, unexplainable events, and too close to home true crime stories. You can email me your tales at weirddistractionspodcast at outlook.com. As well, send me feedback. If there are any corrections that need to be made after today's episode, let me know. And as always, if you need a distraction, I got you. Bye. Hey guys, I'm Dina. And I'm Kylie. We wanted to tell you about Cryptic Soup Podcast. It's a podcast we both host where we talk about true crime. Dina, don't forget we also talk about aliens. Oh yeah, and we discuss cryptids. And cults. And cons. And conspiracies. And urban legends. Oh, uh, what am I thinking? I guess we should instead say we kind of cover it all. AKA, we aren't your average true crime podcast. Instead, we're just two best friends hanging out and diving into all things weird and paranormal. These are more than just scary stories that spook you. We got crimes, cults, cryptids, and more. We have new episodes every Tuesday at 3 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. We do take case suggestions and listen to what you guys have to say. And you can always reach out to us. Our Instagram is at crypticsouppod, where our DMs are always open. So slide on in. We always want to hear your opinions about any case and episodes we cover. You can find our episodes on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and most podcasting platforms. Just look for the cryptic monsters in the soup. Stay tuned!